Welcome back, everyone. This is the sixth episode of the Not That Paul AD Show. And I got to say, the hardest part of doing this show is this part, the beginning. And all of my episodes I've done in one take. Um, but I almost always have to start over after the first five to ten seconds. And I'll go through three or four different tries of starting the show. I never know what to say. Where Do I say hello? Do I say welcome? Do I say welcome back? I don't know, it's always pretty awkward, and I hate it usually, and then I'll, I'll start over, and I don't even know what I said, I don't even know what I landed with this time, but I'm sure it was great, and you're here, and you're listening, and it's the sixth episode, which I'm really excited about. Uh, this one will probably be a little bit quicker, I know I just had one a few days ago, but a couple of things have come up since, and I wanted to get back on the air, if you will, and since it's my podcast, and all I've got to do is press record and set up my microphone, I can do that. So I'm in my studio, which is also my dining room, and um, yeah, sixth episode. So I was clearly quite wrong about Frankenstorm. I had thought it would be one of those storms that they hyped up and it really turned out to be nothing, but it actually did turn out to be pretty severe. And I think the death count is at 50 and they're, they're expecting about $20 billion in damage. So, you know, um, it's, it sucks to hear that, and, and it's, it's pretty crappy that that storm hit. I know that lower Manhattan got it real bad. I know that everything below 39th Street for a little while had no power. You know, Atlantic City got it really bad. So, you know, uh, my thoughts are with everybody up there, and, and I hope everyone stays safe and uh, quick recovery. Uh, but this is a comedy show, so I will make one joke. And I'll say, I hope it's all cleaned up within the next three weeks when I move back. Um, but seriously, if you want to donate, um, you can do so. Just text the word Red Cross to 90999. It's uh, a way that you can donate $10 for disaster relief. And obviously right now, uh, that is going towards Sandy and everybody that suffered in the Northeast. So please do that um, uh, instead of donating to me. I'm not even going to plug my donations. Um, so yeah, definitely wrong about that, and, and a lot of things have been going on this week uh, in the news, and one of the big items the other day was that Disney, and I'm going to be totally honest with you guys, when I read the news, I just read the headlines, so here's what I got. Disney bought Star Wars, or something like that, so there's been six Star Wars movies, and now Disney purchased something, I guess the rights, or Lucasfilms, or I don't know what they bought, but social media blew up. Everybody was going crazy, and it's kind of, for me, it's kind of irrelevant. I've actually never seen a single Star Wars movie. I've not seen the first three, or I guess they were three, four, and five, or four, five, and six. I didn't see the other ones, the prequels. I haven't seen any Star Wars movie. Honestly, I have no interest in seeing them at this point, but it was, it was funny to see how upset people were about the fact that Disney had purchased Star Wars. Now, I don't know. Disney's had some pretty good movies, right? I think that we can all agree with that. And they've got the financial backing. Not that George Lucas didn't, but they've got the money. And maybe they'll make something good. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, either way, I mean, let go of it. Get over it. It's, you had your six movies, and if they come out with a seventh, eighth, and ninth that suck, who cares, right? Just ignore them. It happens all the time. Maybe they'll be straight to DVD. Who knows? Uh, but Disney has always had good movies. I would say that one of my favorite movies of all time is actually a Disney movie. And 
it's Mighty Ducks 2. Right. So also in the news this week, uh, a lot lower on the headlines than the storm and Disney buying Star Wars or whatever they bought. Uh, Mighty Ducks had its 20th anniversary. I'm a gigantic fan of the Mighty Ducks, specifically Mighty Ducks 2. Um, some big stars, right? Emilio Estevez was the coach. Charlie Conway, I don't even know his real name, um, but he's the guy that's in Fringe now. Um, it was just such a good movie, and I, I've probably seen it 25 different times in my life. And I used to run a summer camp, and every single time it would rain, we would bring the kids inside. And, and me and a, a friend of mine, his name is Brandon, um, we used to play hockey in high school. I played hockey for six years or seven years. We would always play hockey when we were at home, in the streets, whatever, and we would always get the kids to play hockey in, in camp. And when it rained and there was nothing for us to do, we'd watch Mighty Ducks. So I've literally seen the movie 50 or 60 different times. So if they're able to do what they did with the Mighty Ducks and they're able to apply that very successful formula to Star Wars, hey, maybe I'll watch Star Wars. Like if Darth Vader starts quacking or, or if there's like a knuckle puck type thing that knocks down one of those ships or... I don't know. I don't really know any of the lingo that goes with Star Wars, so I can't really continue this bit for much longer. But Mighty Ducks plus Star Wars equals Disney Star Wars 7. Maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I will tune in. But, yeah. So I started this podcast because I was looking for a hobby, and I've often talked to people about hobbies and what do you do in your off time. And for... For a long time, what I did in my off time was was work and think about work. And, you know, I watched TV, I spent time with my girlfriend, but there was really nothing like this that I had to occupy my time. And really, it doesn't take me all that much to do this. But, you know, I pay attention to it, and there's creative marketing tools that I'm looking at. But this is my, my hobby. And if I ever won the lottery or or, uh, you know, retired. Maybe that's what I want to do. I'd love to get into radio in some capacity or another, and this is a good way to warm up, I guess. Um, and I did. I have won the lottery so far this year. It just wasn't enough. I won $1,000 on a scratch-off. And I actually won $107 on a scratch-off yesterday, so I'm getting pretty lucky with those. But Before the podcast, what I would do is I'd come home, uh, and I'd watch TV. And I still watch TV. Uh, I'm a big fan of reality TV, and not like Survivor. I'm over Survivor. It's, that's, I think, also on its 20th or 25th season, which is crazy to think about. Um, really, I guess the first reality show that we had was Survivor, and then there was the Big Brothers of the World and all the other ones, and my favorite one is definitely Amazing Race. I would love one day to be on Amazing Race and have the opportunity to take the 30 or 40 days, whatever it is, and just travel around the world and you know they do some of the most ridiculous things like they had these two guys the other day go around uh, I think it was Bangladesh and collect rats now obviously uh, it's a TV show and I'm sure that they made sure that the rats didn't have diseases or what have you but they were dead rats and they had to collect them and put them in buckets and if they did that they could get to the front and then they had to build a like this uh I don't even know what it's called. It was a real primitive scale, and basically it was mounted to this TP-looking thing. So there's some pretty tough stuff that you have to do, too, from a engineering perspective, I guess. But 
I've always liked that. I think it would just be fun. It's like a scavenger hunt uh, mixed with an obstacle course around the entire world. And you're competing for a million dollars, which, I mean, who wouldn't want that? But reality shows have exploded, right? So there's been these absolutely ridiculous ones that have come up. I mean, you know, the whole toddlers and tiaras phenomenon and, and that uh, honey boo-boo chick and, and her family now have a spinoff show. And there's the gold diggers ones and then there's even moonshine ones that I've seen now. And they have a tow truck one. So it's literally just a camera crew that follows around a tow truck and watches them tow cars. So that doesn't sound exciting at all, except it's fake. And I know that that's the easy thing to say because it's so extreme, so why not just call it fake? But, you know, like I said, I, I work on South Beach, and one of, the, one of the major shows is based off of South Beach. And I don't know the name of the towing company, but I have frequently seen them towing people, and I'm doing air quotes as if you can see me towing people and having the producer right there explaining to the, air quotes again, customer how to react and they, they really just stage this argument and it's completely phony, it's ridiculous and it's, it's it, how can you really say it's watered down the value of reality shows when, I mean, how valuable is a reality show but they're really just coming up with anything, they've got pawn stars and pawn wars and pawn whatever, they've like four or five different pawn shows they have this show now where they, they, they bid on storage lockers at like the U-Haul facilities. They've got crazy, crazy stuff. But I, I, when I look at those, they're just, it's, that's like real-life reality, right? There are people out there that have these extreme jobs, and somebody that goes out and catches you know, lobsters on the deadliest catch or, or whatever they're catching on that, that's an extreme job, and it's pretty interesting to see. And in those particular situations, like people's lives are on the line. People die. Like, I, I get it, they make a lot of money doing it, but I don't know that I would sign up for that, knowing that pretty frequently people die trying to catch the lobsters. But then they've got the other end of the spectrum, like the toddlers and tiaras, which is just nonsense. Um, yeah, and just last night, I was kind of flipping through the channels, nothing was on. I think the Baseball World Series was on, or is on, I don't know. I hate baseball, so I don't follow that, so... I was looking for something to watch, no good movies out, and I stumbled across something called Ink Master, and uh, Dave Navarro was a host on that, and the idea is essentially, they've got like 15 or 20 different people that are tattoo artists around the country, and they compete to be the best tattoo artist, and at the end of it, they get like 100 grand, and they're featured in some sort of magazine, some sort of popular tattoo magazine. Now... Tattoo reality shows aren't new, right? There was Miami Inc. and LA Inc. and New York Inc. and all of the different tattoo shows with Ami James and Kat Von D. and all of the celebrities in the tattoo world. But, you know, that was more just an expose, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I don't think that's the right word. I, just a, a, a peek into the tattoo world so you could see the probably fabricated drama that exists within those those operations or those stores or those shops. And, but you could see people that come in and they've got a story and it's interesting. And then the tattoo artist has the opportunity to, you know, create this work of art that is on their body. And I always thought that those shows were pretty interesting and I enjoyed those. And I've got no issue with that, right? It's just an, a way for us to, to see something where we wouldn't normally see it. But to then take that and turn it into a contest where they literally have what they call human canvases. 
and they address these people as canvases. Like they'll say, "Canvas, raise your hand," and this guy raises his hand. Where they've got these people that I, I assume sign up and hopefully know that what they're signing up for, but these contestants tattoo on them. Like last night, they had one where it was an inside the mouth tattoo. Now I've seen this before. I've seen inside the mouth tattoos. Um, I've seen one on the inner lip, like if you flipped your lip down and there's like a name or letters in there. It's not that crazy. But then they also had tongue tattoos. I've never even heard of that. I've heard of tongue piercings. I've heard of all sorts of crazy things with tattoos. I've never heard of a tongue tattoo, though. So this one guy decided, and, you know, granted, he had to ask the canvas permission, but he decided that he would do both. You didn't have to do both. You could do a tongue or a lip. And this guy decided he would do both because he's kind of cocky and he thinks he's the best and he's actually pretty arrogant. But he decided he would do both. And the design he drew was a, uh, a plug, like a two-pronged plug with a, with a wire. And that was coming down the tongue from like the back of this girl's throat was the wire. And at the tip of her tongue was the two-pronged plug pointing out. And then inside the lip was a socket, an electrical socket with like these red and yellow lines, like sparks, I guess, coming from it. Now, first of all, who in their right mind would think of that as an idea? And then who would agree to let some contestant on a reality show on some random network, uh, you know, I should say that too, I don't even know what channel it's on, make, make this work of art, uh, air quotes again, I'm going to call this episode air quotes, um, on their, on their tongue, on their lips, like a plug in a socket. That's just insane. Like, why would you want that? That's crazy. Who knows? But it gets, it gets even worse because then they're judged on them and they're judged on the quality of the tattoos in front of the canvases. There was one where the lady asked for something with a, a Corinthians on it and the tattoo artist spelt the word Corinthians wrong. So obviously the canvas would notice that. But then Dave Navarro and his panel of esteemed judges had to point it out to both the canvas and the artist that they spelled something wrong on a tattoo on this girl's body. Now, I'm sure that these tattoos are free, but who cares? Like, why not just pay the $500 or the $1,000 it costs to get this big elaborate tattoo at a place that has a uh, reputable tattoo artist and not on a TV show where somebody's competing to decide whether or not they're good at, at being a tattoo artist. They had ones where uh, they had veterans come on and, and they had to do American flags and they were doing the flags wrong with the wrong number of stars or the wrong order of the stripes. And they drew these, you know, pinup, like an American classic style tattoo with, and the fingers were all jacked up. And then they have to tell them about it in front of the people. It's awful. It really is. That being said, I watched like five episodes because it is a little intriguing and also it's material for this. But I just don't get it. I have no idea who would do that. I would like to be on a reality show, but I would never elect to be a human canvas on a tattoo reality show. And I was curious, so I Googled it, and it turns out that there's like three or four different versions of the show across different channels. Like I said, this one's called Ink Master. There's also one called Best Ink. There's one called Tattoo School. And then there's even one called Tattoo Nightmares. And the guy who hosts the Tattoo Nightmare show, which the premise is he fixes bad tattoos, is a runner-up on a prior season of Ink Master. So there's like this whole spin-off community that's happening within the tattoo contest reality shows. 
it's a whole other world. No idea. Never heard of it. Didn't even think that this existed. And there it is. Tons of different tattoo contest shows. So that's what entertained me last night. Um, I cooked too. That's another one of my hobbies that I've tried to pick up. Um, yeah. So uh, that's about it for this episode. I do have a couple other things I want to bring up and, and tease, if you will, right? I want to tease my episodes so that way you want to come back and you want to go to my facebook.com slash not that site and like it. My friend Nick, he liked every single one of my posts. You know, my phone started going nuts. He liked 23 some odd posts. So thank you, Nick, for that. Um, but yeah, notthatpolyd.com or facebook.com slash notthatpolyd, and you can see all my information and, and go on there. But I want to tease something, right? So um, two different things, actually. I talked a little bit ago about uh, the Red Bull Stratus program, which was the thing where the guy jumped from space and how Red Bull gets into all of these weird projects. And they've got another one that's been around for a little bit longer, and it's called Flugtag. And Red Bull Flugtag is essentially an uh, amateur... Uh, aeronautics contest, I guess, is the most sophisticated way to say it, and it's basically like the they they go out to a, a body of water. So in this case, there's uh, a bay in Miami where they're going to be, and they build this gigantic platform. It's like 30 feet high and 50 feet long, or something. And the idea is for these amateur uh, aeronautic hobbyists to build some sort of contraption where they run off this platform and jump out over the water and try to see who goes as far or I don't know how they judge it or who wins, but the idea is to build something that flies when you jump off. So it's kind of like a hang gliding type thing. And I've always seen commercials for it, and about a month ago I saw a big billboard advertising that it's coming to Miami. And it's actually coming this Saturday, so November 3rd uh, it'll be here. So I will absolutely uh, be in attendance. I definitely want to check this out. I'll take pictures, I'll add them to my, my site and everything. but. Um, there will certainly be material to talk about next week, so you can tune in next week to hear about Flugtag. Um, and then the other thing, I have a friend, um, we actually started working together in New York, that's when we met, um, he's probably one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life, and we've since uh, you know, moved, right? so I moved to Florida, he actually recently moved to Hawaii, and uh, he has taken on a challenge, and his challenge is to go from having zero fluency in Chinese, and I know him, so he legitimately did not speak any Chinese, to being fluent enough to hold a conversation in Chinese with a native Chinese speaker in 90 days. So the idea, of course, is going from zero to fluent in 90 days. So that's his website, zero to fluent in 90 days, and it's zero spelt out in 990. The link's on my site, notthatpolyd.com. On the right, you'll see zero to fluent in 90 days. So I'm going to bring him on. I've been trying to figure out a way to interview people on my show, and I've been testing different solutions that are out there, and I think I've got it. I think I figured it out. So I'm going to interview my friend uh, in a couple of weeks uh, once he gets closer to the 90-day mark. Um, now, obviously, I don't speak any Chinese, so don't worry. The interview won't be in Chinese. But, um, you know, I'm interested to hear how that went. I'm interested to hear... Um, why he's doing that and um, what challenges he ran into and all of that fun stuff. So if you have any questions that you want me to ask him, you can do a couple of different things. You can call me and leave a voicemail at 708-8-PAUL-ED. We'll have about two or three weeks or so before I do this interview, so you have time. Um, or you can just leave 
a comment on notthatpolyd.com. You can send me an email. You can reach me. If you have my, my uh, Facebook, whatever, you know how to get in touch with me. Ask me questions, and I can ask him if you're interested. Um, so that's it. Flugtag this week, uh, coming up soon. And then interviewing my friend Baron for Zero to Fluent in 90 days in a couple of weeks. And much more fun material to come. So thanks, guys. Again, I hope everybody is safe up north, uh, doing well. Hopefully the power will come back soon. Uh, if you want to make a donation to those who are not doing well, uh, you can do so by texting the word, all one word, Red Cross, to 90999. But that's it for me, guys. Again, you can find me at notthatpolyd.com. And I look forward to chatting with you again sometime in the near future. Have a good night. Oh, and happy Halloween. Today's actually Halloween, so I was hoping that I'd get a trick-or-treater that I could yell at while I'm recording, because that would be funny, but no. So that's it. Have a good one, guys. Thanks.